0: So we need to do that. I know that we all have burdens in some way or form. You know, um, the enemy comes to try to put all these thoughts in our minds about issues that we're facing, which are really um, not burdens if we turn them over to the Lord and uh, allow him to give us the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding as how to take care of them or how to just release them and let them work themselves out. Hey, this morning I'm going to be talking about the Word again, and uh, before we uh, speak, let's just pray. Father, we just thank you and we praise you for who you are. We thank you and we praise you that you are present here among us, and we thank you, Lord, that you say that wherever two or three are gathered together, you are in the midst of us. And so we give you the honor this morning to speak to us through your word. We give you the honor to place it on the tablet of our heart. And we just uh, we thank you for the, the knowledge, the understanding, and the revelation that we're going to receive. And we thank you, Father, that some of us will just see, receive a mind, reminder this morning of what the word is and, and how we should act and how we should react. But we know that you know what we need, and and so we just thank you that we have ears to hear and eyes to see in the Spirit this morning, in Jesus' name. So I'm very compassionate about the word because because it is the way of life in the Spirit. Um, Romans 10.8 says the word is near us in our mouths and in our hearts. So if we don't put the word in our heart, uh, the scripture says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So if you're not putting the word in your heart, then what words are you speaking? You're probably speaking the words of the world, the words that we've heard, or the words that we've experienced. And they are not necessarily words of life. In Luke 6.45, it says, uh, what we put in our heart of course, will come out of our mouth. So this is why I'm so passionate about the Word because there's so many people that say, well, I have faith to believe for this, I have faith to believe for that, I have faith to believe for something else. Oh, so-and-so had faith to believe and this didn't happen, and so-and-so had faith to believe and that didn't happen. Um, and we need to just stop and we need to just realize that Yes, we can have faith and we can believe that God who is who he says he is and that his word is true. But if you don't have the word down in your heart, what's coming out of your mouth? Is it really faith-filled words? Is it really uh, the trust and the confidence and the fully persuasion that you're going to get what you're praying for? In Psalms 119.105, of course, it says the word is like a lamp that guides my steps, a light that shows the path that I should take. And so if we don't have the word in our heart, it's not going to become a, a lamp and a light to us. So we are going to take the wrong steps or we're going to go the wrong way if we allow our soul to lead and guide and direct us because... Uh, We want certain things, Uh, our body wants certain things, and so we'll we'll be pulled by the soul instead of the spirit. So in the natural life we walk by sight, we go by what we see, of course the senses, taste, touch, feel, and so on. And this is what motivates us. Uh, we see something and uh, we make a judgment or we see something and we, we have an opinion or we see something and, and we relate it to something that has happened before or uh, we see something and we even think, well, this could happen in the future. However, in the spiritual life, we walk by hearing. We need to follow Jesus. And in order to follow Jesus we need to hear him. We need to know which way we're supposed to go. In Romans ten seventeen it says so faith comes of course by hearing the message and the message that is heard is what Christ spoke. So if we don't hear um who he is, uh, what he is, how he reacts to us in our prayers and um Even knowing ourselves, what message are we living according to? In God's kingdom, we follow the leading of the Spirit that dwells within. And so we have to hear the Holy Spirit. We have to uh, perceive. We have to discern different things when we see them. Okay, is this of God? Is this of the Spirit? How do I act? How do we... How do I react to this? In Isaiah 30:21 it says, "Your own ears will hear him right behind you. A voice will say, "This is the way you should go." Now we don't necessarily hear him behind us, but we can. Uh, usually we hear him out of our, our thought life. Uh, we'll get a thought or we'll get an unction or we'll get a knowing that uh, this is of the Spirit or this is the way we're supposed to go. We can hear from somebody else talking. God can speak through somebody else to to speak to us. Uh, We can even hear through different situations. I've even been outside and just from the beauty of His holiness and, and what He created, I can hear in the Spirit, the Spirit telling me different things. And so... If we have ears to hear, we can hear him all the time if we're connected to the source. And of course, it it will tell us to go to the right or the left because there there is is only one path uh, to the kingdom and we want to stay on that straight and narrow path. The Bible is full of covenants and when we read and study the Bible, everything we see or hear is related to the covenant that God has made with man. And we all know that a covenant is an agreement between two parties setting rules or instructions that each party is to follow. When we come to Christ, uh, we enter into a covenant, but we don't know the rules and the regulations or the principles or instructions of the covenant. And this is why we have to get into the Word so that the Word will begin to show us and reveal to us, okay, what are the laws of the covenant? What are the rules? What are the instructions that I'm supposed to follow? If not, we will follow our old man and continue to do things that we did before according to the ways of the world. Now, In my last message on the Word of God, I went over the five W's and H questions and I talked about how to see and understand the Word personally. Now today we're going to ask some of those questions and we're going to give a brief summary of what some of those answers are to the why, what, how, when, and where questions. Some may be answered by the same scripture, and like I said, it just will be a, a brief overview. So any study of the scripture should begin with a study of words because the student should consciously abide by the real meaning of the words. This often requires the use of Hebrew and Greek in order that, order to make sure that the English translation is understood. And that's why a lot of times it's good to read the same scripture out of different translations because they may use uh, different words or say even the or or that can change the whole meaning to you about the scripture. We have specific uh in the body of Christ that do just that. They, they teach on uh, the Greek or the Hebrew to help you to understand um, the scriptures. We know a couple pastors that do that. Um, we don't listen to the one that teaches on the Hebrew a lot. However, uh, we do from time to time because it need, we need to go back into the Old Testament and we need to know and understand um, things. But we do listen to the teacher that teaches on the Greek and um, he goes through the scripture and he will almost give every word that's important in the scripture in the Greek so that we can understand uh, what it actually means and it helps you to get a revelation of it. So our first question is, what is the word of God? And we all know that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. So the word is God, and that's why I'm so important that we Receive the truth of the word because it is God speaking to us. He is telling us uh, how creation began. He's telling us uh, about the love of God. He's telling us about why Jesus had to come, what Adam and Eve did. No matter what it's talking about in the scripture, he's communicating to us his ways and purposes. John goes on to say in verse 14 that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, the glory as the only son of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so Jesus was willing to come down here in the flesh to reveal the Father. Now, when you think about that, that's awesome. I mean, people were believing in God, which uh, they never saw. Um, They didn't really have the Bible like we had. Yes, they had scrolls of, of Scripture and, and that was important to them. But uh, God wanted to make it more real to the people. So he was willing to send his son to reveal to, to the people himself and to reveal to those in the New Covenant what he came to do and why he came to do it. And so sometimes we look at the New Testament and we think, oh, I would have loved to have lived at that time and heard a message from Jesus, or touched Jesus, or walked with Jesus. Well, that would have been a nice thing in the flesh, but we have a better covenant uh, whereby he provided the the perfect penalty for our sins so that we can get born again. And then he loved us so much that when he left, he said, I want to send you... Uh, my spirit, the spirit of power that's going to live and dwell within you. And then this spirit that lives and dwells within you, he is going to teach you. He is going to lead you. He is going to guide you. And he even goes on in the scriptures to say, I will give you a new language where you can communicate spirit to spirit. It will uh, encourage you. It will uplift you. It will, it will bring revelation and so when you look at the whole um, scope of the New Testament, I think we're in a better place because we, we walk with him and he walks with us and talks with us all the time. The disciples in the Old Testament could only hear him when he was present, when he was actually speaking to them. Of course, they had a, a memory where they could remember what he said and that was good too because they could meditate on that and remember what he said to them. So the question of why, I went through some of it, but he says, I have manifested your name, I have revealed your very self, your very self to the people whom you have given me out of the world. In Matthew 4.4 it says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So this is how we're supposed to live in the New Testament, by every word that comes from the mouth of God. If we're not in the word, how can we live from every word that comes from the mouth of God? We only can live from what we already have been taught or what we already know. Therefore, a lot of us are living way below um, our position and way below the blessings that God desires for us to walk in. Now we know in Proverbs 8.21 it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So when we speak death words, when we speak uh, judgment words, when we speak uh, murmuring and complaining, you know, those are not words coming from God. Those are words coming from our soul. And those are words that uh, we do not want to come to pass. But yet they just might if the enemy is working uh, heavenly upon you and with you, depending on where you are in your faith at all. The Bible refers to the word in Ephesians 6.17 as the sword of the Spirit. So when we have the word of God, we can take the sword of the Spirit and we can disarm the enemy at any time and place if we believe who we are and the power that has been given to us. Therefore, the word being God is a supernatural power when released and spoken creates. So we want to create life, not death. So we have to speak life words, which which is the Word of God. So now, who is the Word? Well, again, we know that in the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. And I looked at that this morning, and I thought, oh, it says, was the Word, was with God, and was God. And I'm thinking... Three wases. hmm. It's like the Trinity, Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. They are all one. So he was, of course, there in the beginning. And, of course, he is there now and will be there in the end. Jesus called the Word of God because he is the personification of the written and spoken word. So when we read the Word, or you can say when God communicates to you through the Word... He is actually speaking to you. So you need to hear it in that manner, that when you read the word, even if you don't understand the scripture that you're reading, Jesus is talking to you through the Spirit. And the teacher who is in us will show you, will reveal to you the truth when you can receive it or at the right time. He is the means and the embodiment of the whole message God wants to give to mankind, especially the message of salvation through his death and resurrection. This is why he came to die, to be resurrected, so that we could enter into his kingdom, become his children, and live, move, and have our being in him. (coughs) Excuse me and fulfill the plan and the purpose that he has on earth because he will use each of us in a, in a different way. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration for instructions, for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline in obedience, and for training in righteousness and holy living in conformity to God's will and thought, purpose in action. So there, when you look at that, it is God breathed. I mean, Jesus didn't write it, but the Spirit of God breathed into those that wrote the Bible. And it is exactly what God wanted to say, and it is exactly what God intended it for, uh, it to portray So there are four main characteristics in the Bible, and they are authority and power. And so we can say that to disbelieve or disobey the word in Scripture is to disobey or disbelieve God. So he left so that we could have his authority, his power, his spirit, his anointing, is direct-lined to the Spirit to be able to do the same works that he did. So we really have no excuse as to why we can't live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit unless, again, we are not in the Word, we don't know the Word, we don't know who we are, we don't know who Jesus is, and we don't know where we're going. The word is clarity and truth. All things necessary for our salvation and growth are clearly written in the scriptures. So if anybody wants to get saved, they can go and read the word. And in any scripture, God can reveal to you that you need to get born again. I remember one testimony where this man said, um, he never wanted anything to do with, a, with, with a religion or relationship or, or whatever uh, anybody was trying to tell him about God. So he says, one day I just picked up the Bible and I start reading in the first chapter of Matthew in, in the, um, what do you call it, um, yeah, what do you call that, what's, what's the, in the first chapter of Matthew. Did what, your inheritance? Uh, it's, no. Who? No Well, anyway, anyway, the first chapter of Matthew is where it talks about somebody begot somebody and somebody begot somebody and somebody begot somebody else. And he said, yes, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. And so after he finished that chapter, he sat back and he said, oh, my God. He says, I have nothing to leave my children. I have nothing to leave my family. I have absolutely nothing to leave them. And that's how he got born again, was from that chapter. So there's, there's any scripture you can read, and God can reveal to you that you need to get born again or that you need uh, to be changed so that you can enter into the kingdom. That's how powerful the Word of God is. And the Word is necessity and essential. The Bible is necessary for knowledge of the gospel, for maintaining spiritual life, and for understanding God's will. We have to have the word of life going in our mind and our emotions so that it can enter into our hearts so that when we make a decision or when we make a choice, we can make it according to the word of God. It is essential for us to be able to walk in the Spirit. Word is sufficiency and perfection. Scripture contains everything we need to hear about salvation for trusting Him perfectly and for obeying Him perfectly. It is sufficient. The God is the Word is sufficient in all things because it is God. It is power. And it will create whatever it is that is spoken true. And we will become perfect as we put it in and as we obey it, as we speak it, as we live it, and as we share it. Now, so many people say, well, I don't think that we can ever become perfect. And maybe we won't. However, we can... We can press toward the mark of perfection to be able to be like Jesus because how can you share Christ, how can you share Jesus when um, they look at you or they hear you and they say, well, you're not any different than I am, so why do I want what you have? And so we have to be an example of Jesus in what we say, what we do, where we go. And so therefore, the more we do that, the more perfect we're, we're going to become, and um, every day we should become a little more perfect than we were the day before, because we should have learned and grown and received some correction from the Lord. So where is the Word of God? Well, in Psalms 139, 7 through 10, it, it kind of says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. So we know that God is everywhere. And if we are born again of the Spirit, God lives and dwells within us. So therefore, no matter where we go, he goes with us. So when you go to pray for somebody, it's not you doing the praying, it's the the spirit within you that's doing the work. Yes, you might be uh, using your voice to speak what the spirit is giving you to the individual, but you're not doing it, it's the spirit within you, and that's how we have to see things. God is omnipresent, which means that He is everywhere at all times. And it amazes me, as all the people that are in the world, He can hear all of us crying out at the same time. He knows us by name. He knows the very hairs on our head. It's like I can't fathom that that great of that great and big of a God. But it's like okay, this is who you are, and so this is why it's so awesome that we can serve him. Jesus' life and ministry is found written in the Bible for all of us to see and understand. So really there's no excuse, even if you come from a family that, that, that didn't teach you about uh, Jesus or uh, you never heard about Jesus, there's all kinds of ways in the world that you can find out, and not only that, if there are those that are praying for the lost, God will hear your prayers, and he will send someone or something to them so that they can hear and know and have an opportunity to receive him. Mark sixteen nineteen says, When the Lord had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. So this is where... Jesus is now. He's in heaven at the right hand of the Father. And he has a continual work that he is doing for us. He is interceding for us because he is our high priest. So therefore, when we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. It goes through Jesus, and uh, of course we know that um, he's there and he is on our side. The Bible is a direct line of communication from the Lord to each of us personally, divinely inspired by the secondary authors of the respective books. Like I said before, um, Jesus didn't actually write or pen the scripture, but uh, he spoke through his disciples and he spoke through whomever else authored the books, and it was as if he said it. God's character, his teachings, and his will along with his nature, power, and authority are all described in the word. So when is the word? And you think, well, what do you mean, when is the word? Okay, in the beginning again, before all times was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God himself. Now this scripture says that word was with God Oh, no, that one says was true. Okay. So there is a scripture, though, that says with God. And so therefore, uh, we know that the three are one. The Godhead is a trinity. God is seen in three ways, of course, the Father, Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And you might be thinking, well, I know all this. Uh, Why do I need to hear this again? Well, sometimes we just need to be reminded uh, of how great he is and who he is. And for the listeners that would listen to this, maybe perhaps they don't know and understand uh, this information. So this is why we're we're putting it out there. In the beginning, God prepared, prepared formed, fashioned, and created the heavens and the earth with the spoken word. So if He created everything with the spoken word, then we can see in just that statement that um, or that scripture that the word is mightily and powerful. So why the word of God? In Psalms 138, 2, it says, God places the highest priority on his word and has magnified it above his very name. In other words, the word of God is uh, is very, very important. And he's even uh, magnified it above the name. And we know the name is important, but not as as important as the Word of God. In Proverbs eight twenty-two 22 through 30, it says the Word existed in the form of wisdom before human history. So the Word is wisdom, the Word is power, uh, the Word is uh, creates, the Word is how we live as Christians in the earth. So the Bible surpasses all human intellectual achievements. Um, and the natural man cannot know and understand the Word. It has to be done through the Spirit. He has to reveal the truth to us so that we know that the truth of the Spirit is above man's uh, understanding and, and his ability to receive it. Matthew 4.4 4 and Luke 10.41 and forty two, the Bible is our most important provision for daily life. Outside of his word there is nothing God will accomplish in your life. Outside of the word there is nothing God will accomplish in your life. The covenant is a uh, is a, an agreement between man and the father and he gives us all the, the uh rules and the, and the instructions in the word. Therefore your attitude to the word will determine what God will accomplish. For you and your family. Let me say that again. Your attitude to the word. Will determine what God will accomplish to you and your family. Okay no word. Not very many blessings. It doesn't mean that God won't bless you if you don't put the word in. It means that you will not have all the blessings in heavenly places. Because you're not living and walking in the realm of the spirit in the word of God. You'll still get blessed, but you'll miss out on a lot of the blessings. Hebrews 11, 3 says, By faith we understand that the world were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So all the things that we see in the world, they were made by uh, the fourth dimension. We can't see them, but they were made by the Spirit. So how, how is the word of God? The importance of the word of God is how we depend on it. And read it daily, we will form an unbreakable bond with God. If we read it daily, if we meditate on it daily, if we put the word in our spirit daily, we will form an unbreakable bond with God. We will trust him. We will uh, be like Abraham, fully persuaded that he is able to do all things. We will understand who, what, and why is the meaning of His will and His purpose for our life. So many people don't know and understand, um, you know, the will of God for their life. Well, if you're in the Word, the Word will begin to, to reveal to you and show you where you have, uh, different desires. Um, some people right away they desire to teach the Word. Some people desire to share the Gospel. Some people desire to, to be a missionary, oh, I want to go, uh, you know, across uh, the ways and and be a missionary, and that begins at an early age when we come to Christ, and if you will water that with the word, he will begin to uh, reveal to you more and more and more. This is the way you go in it, you know, walk in it. Psalms one hundred forty-five eighteen: The Lord is near to all who will call upon him, to all who will call upon him sincerely, and in truth. So it says that if we call upon him, he will show us great and mighty things. So don't think that if you call upon him, he's not going to answer you. He does hear you, and he will answer if you have an ear that's tuned to him. If you're walking in the flesh where you want what you want, when you want it, and you're crying out to God and asking him for a direction or, or whatever, you may not hear him because you already have in your mind that this is what you want to do. So we have to be careful to lay down our own desires so that we can follow him. Okay, now this is uh, Hebrews four twelve. Uh, a familiar passage. The word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, energizing, and effective is sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul and the immortal spirit and of the joints and marrows, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of our heart. So this is important that we get this part here, um, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of our heart. Um, Sometimes... uh, we have the, the right motives, but our heart is not right in it. And so we need to be corrected. We need to be directed. We need to be showed and, and told, well, this attitude or this action or this emotion is not really like Jesus or, or it's not pleasing to me. Some other facts about the Word of God. It testifies concerning Christ. In John five thirty nine. 39, you search the Scriptures because you think it that in them you have eternal life, and it is these that testify concerning me. So in the scriptures, they testify concerning Christ. However, it is possible for us to miss Christ if we search the scriptures looking for something other than him. And how many people do that? Um, I did that in the beginning. I searched the scriptures, I read the scriptures, but I wasn't really looking for him, so to speak, to uh, be my Lord, to uh, correct me, to lead me, to guide me. And after I began to see him in the scriptures, and I realized, okay, I need to be changed here. I need to become more like Jesus. And so, uh, therefore, I need to look in each passage how I can become more like him or what did he do that I should do or how did he see things that I should see things. So to search the scriptures may be uh, separate from come to me, like it says in verse 40. You know, come to me, all you that are heavy laden, and I will give you peace. The Jewish religionists searched the scriptures but were not willing to come to the Lord. Uh, How many knew the scriptures? I mean, they could quote the scriptures and so on and so forth, but they didn't want to come to the Lord. They didn't want to come. They didn't want to believe. So searching the scriptures and coming to him should go together. Only the Lord can give life. So if we search the scriptures, then we want to come to him. We want to be like him. I want to be like him so that I can glorify him. I don't want to be like Salida. I want to be like Jesus so that what I say uh, not only is a blessing to somebody else but is, uh, will glorify him. So what does this mean to us? Before we read, pray, study, we need to say, Lord Jesus, show me who you are in every word on the page. Show me who you are. Like I said in my last message, we need to really dig in the scriptures and um, find out, or I should say put ourselves in the scripture so that you can see who he was and who you are. In Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. How can it dwell in you richly if you're not in it? If it's not talking to you, if he's not communicating to you. He wants to teach you. He wants to admonish you so that you can receive the wisdom, and of course we know that he delights in in the praises of of uh, his people, and so therefore singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to him uh, will open the door for him to uh, sort of let you in, so to speak, because um you know even if we are not where we're supposed to be, or we have an attitude that needs correcting, when we sing psalms and hymns and when we're thankful in our heart he knows that we are trying, that we want to we're just not there yet remember Jesus Christ is the central figure in the whole Bible and the whole Bible is one story about Jesus Christ he's from the beginning to the end therefore there are many ways to study the Bible the word study, the subject study we can study about people, we can study about the parables, and, and and there's more ways that you can study. And it is good to look into the differences between uh, both covenants, the old and the new, salvation and, and the lost, grace and works, order and chaos, unity and division, agape and phileo. So we have a, a lot of ways we can get in, we can study and we can meditate and we can learn um, different things uh, that we need to know as far as the Word is concerned. And if you're, you're busy, uh, like we all are, we all have jobs, we all have families, um, we have to take as much time as we possibly can to give to the Lord so that we can grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to continue this subject next week and finish it uh, so we can have an overview of why the Word is so important. I will give us uh, it will give us the answers as to why the enemy fights us so hard to keep us from any knowledge understanding and revelation of it in other words, the enemy will keep do anything and everything to keep us out of the word and if you if you can notice that in your own life whenever you decide to do something or whenever you try to decide to study something comes up and you can't do it at that particular time well we cannot or we should not go without spending time with the lord and of course he's not going to uh he's not going to be upset with you he's still going to love you if you don't but it's to our benefit that we we hear him and that we know and we understand so he has absolutely uh then the enemy has no absolutely no power over the word and this is why the word is so important We can only disarm the enemy with the word. So if you don't have the word in you and he knows that you don't have the word in you, you can say, get thee behind me, Satan, all you want, and he ain't going to move. Because he'll say, well, uh, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you, so to speak? Who are you? You don't know the word. And so it's important that we uh, live and eat the Word. So, Father, we just thank you that as we realize and understand the importance of the Word, that we can disarm the enemy and uh, he will have to flee from us and that our priority in life will be the Word of God. And we will seek to put you first in the morning so that the Word of God can remain in us uh, daily as we go about our work. That as we meditate on what we've heard or what we've seen out of the word, it will will take us through the day and strengthen us to be mindful of the things of the Spirit. We thank you for that precious word that then is written on the tablet of our heart for recall of the Holy Spirit when we have need of it. Father, we look at you and we thank you that your plan is perfect in every way. There is not one thing that's out of order. There is not one thing that isn't unnecessary for our growth. There isn't, un- there isn't one thing that we need that you haven't already provided. And so we give you praise and honor and glory for that precious word that we desire to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Bless your people today that they will see the power that's in the Word. They will see the importance of the Word. And that they they would purpose to put the Word first. In Jesus' name. Amen.